Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, last month was Halloween month. This month, we have another big holiday in the U.S., Thanksgiving. And uh, usually, we have a hard time finding Thanksgiving horror movies. So this time around, Craig was able to dig up a film that's actually a full-length movie, part of an anthology series that's playing right now on Hulu. The name of the series is called Into the Dark. I believe it's on its second season. And this is episode two, called Pilgrim. Very pointedly Thanksgiving. Maybe the most Thanksgiving of the Thanksgiving horror movies we've been able to dig up over these years, right? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Until we see, like, Eli Ross thanks killing or whatever like that. Uh, here we are with uh, Pilgrim. And you can only find this on Hulu right now. And again, it's part of this anthology series. So 12 episodes in each of these seasons. And... It's supposed to be, from what I read online, of course, this is the only one I've seen, it's supposed to be that each of these episodes, which are full-length features, are supposed to center around the holiday of a particular month. But from what I've read online, some of them reference the holidays a little better than others. This one, again, being quite on the nose. I, um, I really enjoyed watching this movie, and it wasn't until the end of the film that I was reminded of some text that came up at the beginning of the film which said that it was based on a mostly true story. Right? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's got to be bullshit, right? <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. I mean, of course, it's mostly bullshit. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, there is a, a, a photograph that comes up that's a picture of, a, 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 apparently a real-life picture from one of the writers, the co-writers of this story, who actually came up with a story and s- claims that something like this happened to his family. And what happened was, at Thanksgiving when he was a kid, his family had had brought in a reenactor, a pilgrim, uh, in his house for Thanksgiving. And this guy apparently never broke character, and it became very awkward and very weird and strange. Now, I don't think it ever got quite to the degree that uh, this movie portrays. I mean, seriously (laughs) not, or else we'd be seeing this on famous crime stories instead of some horror anthology on Hulu. But um, it's intriguing nonetheless. I wish I could have found out more about it. I really couldn't. So aside from that photo and a couple quick little interviews online where I was, yeah, this sort of thing happened to my family, it's sort of based on a true story. So in any case, uh, interesting concept, and that's exactly what it is. This woman um, is not happy with the way her family's not quite coming together. They need a little boost of Thanksgiving spirit. And so she decides that she's going to invite this pilgrim reenactment thing that she found online into her home. And it all kind of spirals from there. So, Craig, uh, I hadn't heard of this until you recommended it to me. How did you find it? I, I literally just Googled Thanksgiving Halloween or uh, Thanksgiving horror movies, which which we've done for years at this point. And no, I had never heard of it either. But it was one of the first ones that popped up, and I read the synopsis, and I I agreed with you, like we may actually have a legit Thanksgiving horror movie on our hands. And we definitely do. This movie, it was a pleasant surprise for me. You know, I, hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have Hulu either. I didn't. I signed up for a free trial just so that we could watch this. 
Yay. <laughs> Thanks, for <sharing> your- <laughs> Thanks for sharing your login with me, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. Now you've got like, what, 14 days to go and watch all the other um, episodes in this long series? I kind of feel like that might have been a bit of an impetus for you to go ahead and pull the trigger on it. Yeah, it really was. It's something that I've been thinking about for a while. And, and uh, when I was looking around on the platform, again, we don't get paid by any of these platforms, so <laughs> take this information as you will but you know when i signed up they have you kind of look around and see the types of things you're interested in and then they give you recommendations and whatnot and and there actually is a lot of content on hulu and and you know a fair amount of horror content on there and it's only six bucks a month and at first i was thinking like oh man you know i already subscribed to netflix and shutter Mm. and like, do I Disney really Plus. need another stream? <laughs> Disney, I don't yeah, lie. It's true. <laughs> well, my mom pays for that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true confessions time here on uh, Two Guys yeah. in a Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents, my parents pay for Disney Plus. I pay for Netflix. We share. You know. Oh, what a true spirit of of Thanksgiving. There, there's some good content, and I was talking to my partner last night, and I was like, you know, a month of Hulu costs less than a value meal. At mcdonald's i think if we can probably swing it true you, you pay more for like a coffee at starbucks to be honest <laughs> exactly <laughs> but anyway so so we uh and you know this was kind of last minute you and i were talking about what we wanted to do and i had thrown this one out there but neither of us had a subscription and so, you know, we were kind of waiting to the last minute to decide what we wanted to do. And we finally decided we wanted to do this. So I signed up and uh, I signed up late yesterday afternoon and I would have had time to watch it on my own. But my partner was like, you know what? We don't really have anything to watch later. I'll watch it with you. It's cool. And <laughs> so we so we watched it together. And as our listeners, if they are regular listeners, know my partner's just not super into horror. Like, he doesn't hate it. He's just not super into it. And he just indulges me from time to time. And we watched it together, and he didn't hate it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And one of the things that he liked about it uh, was one of the same things I liked about it. It is just so deeply entrenched in Thanksgiving. Like, it feels like a holiday movie <laughs> yeah. and and he does like holiday movies <laughs> <laughs> heartwarming holiday movies <laughs> well he does Blood on like the like like krampus like he really likes krampus because that's a it's good a one. christmas movie and he's big time into christmas so we can enjoy these things together and he didn't love it and i don't know that i would say that i loved it i don't think it was an amazing movie i don't even know that i would necessarily even ever have to watch it again but it was engaging and fresh and a concept that i had never seen before and ultimately you know we both walked away from it feeling satisfied yeah Yeah, i I don't know you know the 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 performances were fine it feels very new because it is it's Mm. 2019 it's very clean you know uh the 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 video the cinematography is very clean there were parts of it to me and I suppose that technically it kind of is made for TV since it's kind of like a streaming service original. And there were parts of it that felt a little made for TV. Mm. And 
maybe that had to do with the budget. I don't know. They they did some some stuff with the cinematography, like weird fisheye kind of stuff yeah, and weird yeah. angle kind of stuff that I didn't really think was necessary or really added much to it. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I did find it very tense. I did find it suspenseful. I knew something bad was going to happen, but I didn't know how it was going to play out. And yeah, uh, overall, I thought it was a, a fun little Thanksgiving movie. I thought the movie did a pretty good job early on of establishing a real sense of unease that never left. It, it's a bit of a slow build in the beginning. But then once it gets going, like probably the last half hour or so, 45 minutes, it really doesn't let up on the action and the blood. Yeah. And there are also some very jarring tonal shifts in the movie where it overall, I would say it kind of takes itself pretty seriously at least the villains in this movie they're not winking at the audience no. um they're totally serious and you're kind of waiting for that because it's a goofy idea yeah however then there are moments of the movie where just horrible things happen and that's just that then there will be a scene where somebody makes some goofy cl- quip or something kind of silly happens and yes it's just so jarring that it creates a very uncomfortable feeling like you kind of leave the movie a little disturbed at least i did because i couldn't completely dismiss it as okay well that was a goofy silly thanksgiving movie because some really serious horrible things happened to this family but on the other hand i'm thinking about it, i'm like yeah but but it's kind of it's kind of dumb <laughs> you know like it's it's kind of it is. it's clearly extreme it's clearly goofy but the movie was not delivered in a way and certainly not acted in a way by the villains anyway to to be a, a tongue in cheek enterprise that you would think pilgrim the thanksgiving horror movie should be you know yeah yeah i i i totally smell what you're stepping in like <laughs> there are parts of it where i was like oh they're being really clever and funny and and i laughed at, at, in those moments but the the stakes are still high even yeah. though there are some kind of you know quippy funny moments it's not all over the place it's just here and there and and still the stakes are high you still believe that these people are in peril even as i i, I don't want to spoil the end um but, you know, there are some moments at the end where you really kind of see what's coming, and it is kind of yeah. goofy. Yeah. But at the same time, brutal. It's almost kind of like, and and not comparable in quality, but like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's a, it's a brutal movie, and, and the stakes are high, but there are humorous elements to it also um i don't know i enjoyed it 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 starts it starts out this um we kind of get this flashback i guess of this couple fighting and and the little girl is watching it's like this it's like a family thanksgiving with a mother and a father and a little girl and the mother and the father are fighting and as it turns out i guess i never really put all this together but it seems like this mother and father who we see fighting are the mother and father of our main character, whose name is Cody. This beautiful, supposedly teenage girl. She looks like she's in her 20s, but she's yeah. gorgeous. 
And I guess what happened was that there had been some big fight in a Thanksgiving past, and the original mom had left. Um, and, and we didn't, I never really, I kept expecting there to be a story about why she left, but mm. I never, because they returned to this flashback a couple of times, but I never picked up. Did I miss something? Did you pick up? Mm. Did they explain why she left? No, they didn't really explain it. I think it sounds like, well, it's her father, right? And now she has a stepmother, right? Right. So I assume that that earlier argument scene was between her her father and her real mother. And right. I think based on later conversations, what had happened was that her dad was, her mom left because her dad was cheating on her or something, or maybe the opposite. Am I some kind of adult? I don't know. Thing? I don't because know. I just never, I just never picked up on it. Because she has a half brother now. Now she has a new yeah. mom, and her half brother is like eight or nine years old. So this is clearly, clearly right. at least uh, eight or nine years in the future. So she must be fairly small. Her feet aren't even touching the ground. And you're right. right; they keep coming to this scene. They keep referencing it in later scenes, which was actually pretty clever because the camera starts at her feet, where all you can see is her feet, and then comes up behind the chair, and then kind of comes over her head, and then that's when it brings it into present day. Um, and this woman is played by. Um, I mean, I know what a soap opera guy you are, but I'm not sure if you're a bold and the beautiful guy. No. But uh, Rain Edwards is the woman playing this, and uh, she has been in... Uh, Cody, is that you're talking about the daughter? Yeah, the daughter, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. She looks like a soap opera actress. She's very beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she was in Bold and the Beautiful for several years, I guess, almost 270 episodes. She was in the reboot of MacGyver, Snowfall. Uh, the Wilds TV series, which I guess is is going to be coming out here soon. So she's a bit of a veteran of television, but a fairly new veteran of television just within the last five years or so. So uh, she's she's pretty talented. I was really liked her um, performance, and her character is such that she's very modern, cynical, <laughs> kind of no nonsense, but also pretty smart. Yeah, I thought you know she's just going to call things as she sees it. Yes. Yeah, and and that I liked about her, and yeah. that's that's what makes the movie kind of fun and unique is that you need you don't often in horror movies get the except for nowadays, but you know you don't get the woman who's calling it as she sees it, <laughs> which leads to problems like you idiot, don't go up the stairs, you idiot, they're right. they're bad, get them out of here, you know. Right. What we're saying, she's saying. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I liked about the movie is that I felt like she was painted very realistically as a teenage girl, again, even though she looks older. She's mm. cynical like teenagers typically are, but she's also very woke. And like that is yeah. kind of <laughs> that's that's kind of a crux of the movie. Because another thing that I like about the movie is that the stepmom, Anna, in the beginning just seems like a total bitch. Like that's what I Mm. wrote about her in the beginning, like, stepmom Anna is a bitch. But then as the movie goes on, I feel like the characterization becomes a little bit more well-rounded, where maybe she's a bitch, but she doesn't have bad intentions. Right. You know, her, her intentions really are good. Like, she tells them very early on, like within minutes uh, of the beginning, that she's going to be bringing in this whole 
cast of uh, reenactors, basically reenactors, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna send somebody out here. They're gonna make us a big dinner. Teach us how they did things in the olden days. Like in the olden days? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? It means that it'll be just like the first Thanksgiving with a lot of food and sharing. Oh, great. Let's honor the whitewash history of the Native American genocide. Like, that's exactly how I want this from a break. Thank you. All right, Cody. Well, you could try to think of this as a fun and creative way of getting back to basics. Celebrating the true and important meaning of the holiday by spending quality time together as a family, which we can all do more of. Right, babe? Mm-hmm. And maybe this is what finally brings us together. I doubt that, Anna. Cody. Fine. I still think it's weird, though. And I don't need a history lesson from these people. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about it over dinner, and they're eating, I don't know, a chicken or something, and they finish the chicken, and the dad, who's played by Kerr Smith, who I think our friend Simone has, I feel like she's talked about him on the podcast before. <laughs> she had a huge crush on him. He was on Dawson's Creek. He's. <laughs> it's so weird to see people from the teen shows that were on when we were, like, teens or in our oh early 20s, gosh. to see them now, and they're, like, our age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was Carter in Final Destination as well. Oh, that's right. That's why she talked about him. Yeah, yeah, yep, that was that's it. Right. And he's not a very sympathetic character in the beginning. I mean, he's okay. He doesn't come across as a bad guy. He's just completely not focused on the family. He must be doing some stock trading or something because he spends all day staring at his phone. He's at the table. He's got his phone or his tablet or something with him at all times, barely paying attention to the conversation that's going around him. Yet, interestingly enough, he's not a caricature of this kind of person either. Like, it's funny that mom will have these conversations with him while he's on his laptop or whatever, and it seems like he's not paying attention, but then he'll kind of look up and go, wait, what was that? It's a small touch, right? But it was a nice, well-rounded touch, too. I, I never felt like this guy didn't care about his family right? Or, or was completely detached from them. He was just, as many people can get in this day and age, getting a little... He's bringing work home, right? and he can't escape it. His mind is elsewhere. So I think the teenage daughter feels like he's totally tuned out of her, and then she doesn't like her stepmom. There's no really good reason given except that maybe she's just a teenager or maybe she's just a little resentful that she's come into her life and her real mom is gone. And then she has this half-brother who's about eight years old and his name was, what was his name? Tate. Yeah, Tate. He's cute. He's cute little kid with glasses and stuff and smart and, and just all around nice. I mean, honestly, there's nothing really terribly wrong with this family, which I thought was made it a little relatable in that. Right. Right. You know, it's just a modern family and we've all got these minor small issues, but everyone seems to care about each other and love each other to the extent that, you know, they're the ages they are and are able to express that. Right. But there is tension and they are quippy with one another especially the mom Mm. or the stepmom and the daughter and like like you said the dad is very preoccupied with work before you said like ignoring his family i was going to say he reminds me of you Mm. just because you are somebody that works all the time like you're always (laughs) working but i know also that you very much love and appreciate your family and so i don't get that this guy doesn't care about his family i don't get that at all it's just that he is busy and (laughs) he says at some point i i don't remember if it's the daughter or the mom i think it's the daughter calls him out like um they're trying to talk to him at the dinner table and he's 
on his tablet, the daughter says something like, well, God forbid we inter- we interrupt dad. And the little brother very sincerely says, no, I never want to interrupt dad. Like, <laughs> like he means it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to interrupt him. He, he's busy. And, and the dad says something like, uh, yeah, I have to do this. This house doesn't pay for itself. And he's sending the daughter to a private school. He says that's like something like $65,000 a year. Holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. And she's skipping class. Like, if I were paying $65,000 a year, I'd be pissed if my kid was skipping class too. Yeah. But you're right. It's not like they seem like some horrible family. They just seem like a very modern family. And like you said, the daughter and the stepmom, there's tension between them, but not really any different than there would be between necess- – <sighs> stereotypically any teenage daughter yeah any teenage daughter and their mother or maybe specifically their stepmother especially if the stepmother came into their life later so oh okay what i was trying to get at was they're at dinner and um they finish dinner and the dad says well somebody should break the wishbone and cody and tate break the wishbone uh cody doesn't say it out loud but we hear her thoughts her thought her wish is i wish this whole thing would backfire in your stupid face she's talking about this whole pilgrim reenactment thing yeah because she's all like oh you know again woke she's all like oh so we're gonna bring a reenactor here to uh talk about the colonialization and you know the oppression of you know she's basically right. very cynical about the whole idea which is which is a fair point <laughs> i know it is but it's so interesting like the opening credits are played over all of this Thanksgiving propaganda that we were force-fed when we were kids, you and me, mm-hmm. when we were yep, kids. Yep. You know, this this whole story of, uh, you know, the pilgrims meeting the Native Americans, and the Native Americans brought them maize and turkeys, and, like, <laughs> and everything was peaceful, and they sat down and they shared a meal and everything was so happy it's it's a crock i mean that's that's not what really happened at all but that's exactly what i was taught you know and and we were brought up making handprint turkeys and and where you know (laughs) indian feather headbands to put on and some of us would pretend to be native americans and construction paper buckle hats you know (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> we would make the the construction paper like headbands with feathers coming out. <laughs> it's so hilarious. I was a lot of fun though. I, I have good memories of that. But it's American mythology. And people in Cody's generation are more aware of the true history of this, and the tides are turning on our whole perspective on Columbus and Thanksgiving and the way that we as you know white europeans came over and really stole everything from the native americans and i'm not trying to get political that's not what this is all about but it it's significant in the movie the the plot kind of hinges on that because the mom says these people are coming they have this like HOA, they host the HOA meeting or something, and it's a big deal. The mom's trying to impress everybody. Cody actually overhears the other HOA moms talking about her stepmom and saying what a joke it is, you know, how pretentious she is or whatever. But then these pilgrims show up. Is this the Barker residence? You're the Thanksgiving reenactors. You're early. I wasn't a... You weren't supposed to... 
But we needed time to settle in and prepare after such a long journey. I'm sorry, I'm being rude, I'm being rude. Please, come in, come in. I'm Ethan, and this here is Patience. And uh, this is uh, my daughter, Cody. Well, I look forward to getting to know you over the coming days. The coming days? I thought this was just a Thanksgiving dinner. Well, uh, things are a little different with the plan, uh, but it looks like Ethan will be staying with us for a few days. Staying? Like staying, staying in the house? Yes, of course, in the house. Where else would he stay? Um, a motel comes to mind. We don't know them. And then we're introduced to these other characters who end up being kind of consequential, and I wasn't even really sure what the relationship was. This woman, Catherine, shows up. Did you get the impression that Catherine was like their housekeeper? Yeah, maybe. I I wasn't entirely sure on that one, yeah. It was a little unclear to me because they show up and the mom immediately says, oh, thank God you're here. I need your help. I need your help, like rearranging the canapes or something. Yeah. Um, And she also says, as a surprise for you, Patience is also going to be making your Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it turns out, that not only is Catherine potentially their housekeeper, I guess, but she also has a kid, a son, who is uh, Cody's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could have left them out entirely, but I don't know. They're around, so I yeah. figured I would mention them. But they end up having dinner with Ethan the first night, and pretty much, you know, he's in character the whole time, which Cody finds disturbing, like... She even says to her dad or the stepmom or something, he hasn't broken character once, and that's creepy. And he doesn't. They don't break character. I'm not even sure if I really understand the nature of these people. I'm not sure if I understand who they are or what they are. But they do never break character. And Ethan the Pilgrim is telling them, you know, he's telling them all these great stories that we heard when we were kids about the first Thanksgiving dinner, blah, blah, blah. And he refers to um, Native Americans as Indians, and Cody corrects him, you mean First Nation tribes. And Ethan is clearly kind of irritated with her, but he maintains this polite demeanor. I mean, you can see in his eyes and in his reactions that he finds her insubordinate and disrespectful but he never claps back you know it's it's always very polite but creepy from the get-go and later that night cody's in her bed and her boyfriend has snuck in and he's hanging out with her whatever and she hears something and she goes out to check on her brother who she seems to be very close to and protective of and she finds him in his room and ethan is in his bed and he's telling him a bedtime story, you know, about when the natives, or excuse me, when the pilgrims first arrived at Plymouth Rock or whatever. Now, ultimately, this could be entirely innocent, but if I were Cody and I were in her position and I found a grown man stranger in my little brother's bed in the night, I wouldn't like that either. <laughs> you <No>. know, like, <laughs> it's, it's just weird. Like, it's almost as though Anna, the mom, doesn't 
get that it's weird yeah. that they have these strangers in their house and that these strangers just have free range. Yeah. And like they're building things outside. Like Ethan builds this shed outside and it's weird. And eventually more pilgrims start showing up, but not before patience kills Catherine. <laughs> like. <laughs> And and the whole thing, like their whole thing, and they say it outright, but in su- in, in a subtle enough way that if you didn't know it was a horror movie, you might not worry about it. But they keep talking about how we're here to teach you to be grateful for what you have. Yeah. And at one point, um, the little kid, uh, Tate, is outside and, and he has found a crow that is, it looked dead at first, but apparently it's not. It's just dying. And he's like surrounding it with rocks to try to protect it from the ants. And Ethan finds him and has a talk with him. And I don't even remember exactly what goes down, but. Well, he, he tells a story. Oh, that's right. The story. Yeah, it's a quick little story about the crow and a bird. And he says a crow got some meat. It found some meat on the ground and started eating the meat. And then it saw a bird go by with a mouse and it really wanted that mouse. So it left the meat and it went to go get the mouse, but the bird flew away. And then when the crow came back to the meat, the meat was gone. And so he says, so what does this mean? Tate says, well, this means that, you know, the bird, he got greedy, he wanted the mouse, and now he has nothing. Right. Uh, and so he should have just been thankful for what he had. And uh, <laughs> Ethan looks at the sky like he's looking to God and uh-huh. smiles and, and says, ah, thank goodness, finally, someone who I could teach to be thankful, and I didn't have to take everything away from them. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so... I kind of assumed this was where it was going, and that was so on the nose confirming it that I thought, wow, okay, all right, so this is this is it, and that was exactly what I expected. So in that way, I actually wasn't terribly surprised with the direction the movie took. I was just a little more surprised at how it ended up playing out. Oh, yeah. I felt the exact same way. I mean, I knew exactly where it was going. It, it's almost like um, The Purge. Um, oh, it's like Saw. <laughs> you know uh, yeah I, I, that's i mean not, that's the whole traps, mo though but no but it's the whole well, oh no you're right you're right you're it's right. the whole reason in fact you know it's funny because the director of of the movie um marcus dunston who also co-wrote the story oh he also wrote and directed the collector and the collection uh-huh, that whole series yeah yeah but he actually wrote the screenplay for saw four five and six uh and the final chapter uh-huh. so um he's well versed in this idea he was probably the ideal person to bring in on a project like this you're right that's jigsaw's mo2 he's trying to teach people a lesson i had forgotten about that i was just focused on the whole traps thing but you're right that's his mo yeah that's his mo and, and that got me thinking actually craig if we ever do run out of thanksgiving stories i guess based on that we could start doing the saw series for thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> we, that's true we could we could have have a whole like eight years worth of uh, Saw movies to talk about for Thanksgiving. Just prior to this crow incident, we had seen Patience in Catherine's house making her an herbal tea, which of course is very ominous. But Catherine is complaining about her life in a totally low-key way, like yeah. all of us do. Not complaining about anything... <sighs> I, I wouldn't say she's she's searching for pity. She's just kind of 
talking about how life is hard for her because she's a single mom and she really doesn't have much money and um, her son's a teenager and it's getting harder to control him and and she can't even say too much to him because she would be a hypocrite because she was wild when she was a kid too. And so she's not complaining about anything that we don't all complain about all the time. But Patience clearly is like pissed off about it. Mm. I mean, sometimes life, you know, just sucks. But you have all of this. I mean, you have shelter and all the food you could eat. It is quite miraculous. Ethan teaches us to appreciate because he knows what it means to have nothing at all. Well, I am a uh, glass half empty type, so good luck with me. Ethan changed everything for me. And he will for you, too. And I get it. Like, I understand. They're not wrong. These no. These pilgrims, it's wrong to... <laughs> murder torture and kill people <laughs> but they're not wrong in that we do all kind of complain about things and fail to recognize you know how much we have it's yeah. it's true we're all guilty of it the next time we see Catherine, she's dead <laughs> <laughs> and patience is like churning blood or something and um eventually cody finds uh her boyfriend dead too so that family is killed and that's when we get back to the family and we stay with them pretty much the whole time the only thing that we didn't mention is at one point tate has gone out berry picking with ethan and tate and ethan actually kind of have a positive relationship like they like each other and they enjoy spending time with one another yeah. and they go out and they pick these berries and Tate goes to grab some to eat them and Ethan grabs his hand and says no not those those are Jerusalem cherries they're highly poisonous I don't remember why they collected them in the first place I don't know if yeah. it was just supposed to be decoration or what but you know even in the moment like it's slapping you in the face like obviously this is going to be important later mm. so <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. But then Patience comes back to their house and says Catherine went on a bender because she has had struggles with alcohol before, but she's been clean for a while. But Patience says she went on a bender and she took Finn with her and they're gone. Cody, of course, is very suspicious of this and goes to check on it. But then all these other pilgrims show up at the house and that's when it becomes basically just a pilgrim home invasion movie. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what it is it, for the rest of the time. <laughs> well, they've colonized their home. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, it seems like a weird I mean, like you said, by the even by the end of the movie, we don't even truly know the nature of these people, but it comes across as this weird cult type thing maybe led by Ethan. Uh -huh. But yeah, there are more pilgrims in the house and she goes into her dad's study and her dad is in there talking with like a council of older pilgrims. They're all smoking pipes and, and he's like, yeah, they're going to help me rebuild the garage. I'm going to move my office out there. I'm not going to bother you guys anymore. You know, which is kind of funny, actually. Ironically, that's like the last thing his father needs is to get even more distant from his family right, by right. moving his office out to the garage. And there are women in the, in the kitchen cooking up meals, but everybody's very stern-faced and very... Very yes. few people are talking. In fact, almost nobody is talking. And Patience herself is just flat out creepy from the get-go. She is. 
her eyes are just oh god she's played by elise Leves- levescue and she's been in quite a few things i mean i i didn't recognize her outright mm-hmm. but she's been in a lot of horror movies and a lot of tv and some stuff like that Qu- quite a resume behind her but in this and again like we said at the very beginning of this they are so dead serious Mm-hmm. And she is so dead serious, and her eyes are just so piercing. She just looks like the sternest woman on the earth, and nothing makes her happy. And it's creepy. It is, and juxtaposed with the fact that she too is very beautiful, mm. but she's so she she's so stern and so puritanical, you know, in yeah. the way that she behaves and and the way that she dresses and whatnot. But she is so chilling, like when she's telling them about how Catherine ran away because she was on a bender or whatever. She says in front of Cody and Anna, if only she was happy with what she had, she should be seen as a warning. Like, <laughs> mm, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it is very creepy. And the the main girl, Cody, says to Anna this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel safe. And she goes off to check on her boyfriend and then seeing all of the pilgrims like moving things around her house and like hanging up like idols and weird things. Anna is done with it too. Eventually she's like, you know, this is too far and and she goes looking for her husband and she finds her husband and she says i can't find the kids i can't find tate so they go to look for tate together but they're headed off by patience and ethan and patience says we've run out of some spice why don't you go to the store to get some and they the parents say uh yeah that's a good idea we'll just grab the kids and and it'll be a family deal and they're like no the kids can stay here and they're like well where are they they're safe okay but where are they they're safe. <laughs> and then all of the pilgrims like, <laughs> converge. like converge around them. And Ethan <laughs> looks at Anna and says, What are you afraid of, Shan? It's just Thanksgiving. and why they didn't put that line in the trailer i will never know know. (laughs) (laughs) it's one of two amazing lines in this movie the other one we're gonna get to soon i think (laughs) so good but then it's just kind of batshit crazy from then on yeah, from then it's it's nuts. Um, I think the next thing that happens is they both wake up and they're tied. Oh, they're tied up in stocks, right? Yeah, in um, uh-huh. in the backyard. They've got them in these old timey stocks in the backyard. And Anna says what I was thinking the whole time. She said, "Won't everybody else hear what's going on?" And yeah. Ethan's like, "Well, that's the point, or something." And and that's one of the goofier things about this movie is all this crazy stuff happens at this house, and there's not a single neighbor who apparently yeah, notices it or wakes up or maybe they're trying to make a comment here too you know this is super nobody rich nobody cares nobody cares subdivision whatever so ethan just gives him this long lecture about how they need to be thankful and about how he's going to teach them patience <laughs> the thankfulness he says, 
you will rue the day you didn't see what was right in front of you. (laughs) 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 Uh, Rue the day. I love it. He's whipping the dad, and then um, he gets a branding iron out with a B on it and brands a big B in Anna's back. Oh, gosh. It's just... It's just intense. I will say that this is one of the moments where I thought that they went overboard with the stylization in the in the cinematography. Mm. Like they tried to do weird things with like I don't even know, you fish know, like, lens, like turning, wide angle lens, fisheye lens, turning the camera, like the weird close ups of the pilgrims like laughing and stuff. I mean, if it were a dream sequence, maybe but here it just seemed a little over the top like i don't need that like the fact that they're whipping and branding these people is scary enough i don't need the intense fisheye close-ups of them maniacally laughing it was kind of yeah but whatever it's not like it ruined it for me it was it did call attention to itself yes and then the kids get back there right and i think um tate ends up running away and hiding where cody goes looking for tate she comes back she comes through the house she doesn't see her parents in the backyard but she sees the house is full of pilgrims and they have this knocking thing that they do this game that they play where she'll knock twice and he'll run and hide and he'll knock once and so as they knock back and forth she tries to find him and so she uses this to find him hiding in the closet and then the pilgrims start to come up the stairs and, and find Cody so she says you stay here in the closet just promise me you won't leave and he's like okay and so we don't see Cody for a while because he's stuck in the closet and Cody goes downstairs and finds her parents in the stocks and gets them out um like there's nobody around at first but then this huge guy who has only identified himself as the builder attacks and there's actually a really good fight scene (laughs) yeah (laughs) with this massive dude the mom the dad and cody fight the builder and they are like jumping on him like spider monkeys and like he's huge (laughs) so he just keeps throwing them off but eventually they get him down on the ground and the dad picks up a big rock and like smashes his head but he's so big that it has very little effect on him so you see them all like just real quick grab something that they can bludgeon him with and they do they just stand around and bludgeon him to death and when it's all over the dad says uh, did we just murder her? as a family <laughs> <laughs> That was my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> oh, it was silly and stupid, but it was funny. And and then there's some more like dumb family bonding as they're like planning on how they're gonna get in the house and Cody runs around to go in the front, I think, and the mom and dad are going to climb in the window on a trellis. And the mom gets in, but then when the dad gets up, um, he realizes that the pilgrims have been waiting and they actually have the mom. Ethan stabs him in the hand and then pushes him off the roof. And then Patience axes him in the head and, well, axes him somewhere. And he's dead. Now, at this point, I didn't know what I expected to happen. Mm. After the, did we just murder as a family, I kind of thought that maybe they were all going to get through it. Right. And that it was going to be like, oh, we survived this as a family. Initially, my prediction, I turned to Alan and I said, here's my prediction. Cody's going to live, but both the parents are going to get killed, and the pilgrims are going to take Tate with them when they go. That was my prediction. 
Interesting. Not at all how it turns out. <laughs> but that's what I thought. So I was a little bit surprised when the dad got killed here. I was too. And, and you know, it, it remains pretty dark. Like, Cody and Anna both get caught and bound up in chairs. And uh, Patience scolds Anna for being so concerned with her image. And they put uh, Cody in a dunking chair. Yeah. I kind of assume everybody knows what that is, but the Puritans used these to punish people, specifically women and women who were charged with witchcraft and whatever. And it's just a big seesaw, basically, and there's a chair on one end, and they would dunk women under water. Yeah. And often it would result in the woman's death. Um, but they're doing this to Cody, and, and when they would bring her up, she keeps saying, what do you want? And uh, Ethan's saying your gratitude and he was giving me major rucker Hauer vibes in this oh moment. yeah <laughs> um, from the hitcher <laughs> yeah yeah and uh but but eventually she keeps saying i i'm grateful i'm grateful i'm grateful and they let her out well i just need to i just need to yeah. break in here to say really quick that there's some amazing cinematography during this moment where That's true. the the camera is on her it, and it follows her down into the water and i mean it, it doesn't you know you wouldn't know unless you're into this or you know you know anything about photography or whatever it would be it's very difficult to just go from out of the water into the water and out of the water again mm-hmm. and for it to be so clear and so good as it was and actually, this was something one of the uh, the director was was interviewed, and he was said that was one of the scenes he was most proud of, and he was really proud of the fact that most of this movie it was a lower budget film, obviously, and almost everything in it was practical. He said pretty much the only thing we did was erase some palm trees in the backyard digitally, mm. but uh, you know he said especially that he had a, a pretty a pretty talented crew from Blumhouse that could manage to put this particular scene together and get this photography right was remarkable uh, from a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Really, really pretty good. And it's, I think it's kind of intense too, because at this point, because the dad's been axed, mm-hmm. and by the way, I don't, the rest of the family doesn't know the dad's been axed. Nope. But because the dad's been axed, now you realize, well, it's not going to end up that way, and this could go anyway. So now the stakes are really high for us as we're watching. And I thought, mm, it's possible they might kill off who's yep. the person who seems to be the central character in this show. Yep. So it was a good scene. I thought so, too. At this point, I was thinking that they might all die and that the mm. pilgrims might just walk off into the sunset to do this again elsewhere. Yeah. I, re- I really wasn't sure. But after the whole dunking chair thing, they say, we've given you a gift. It's time to prepare the feast. And Tate is still around, like, hiding and watching. And so they start this feast and... <sighs> Gosh, I I don't remember. How does Tate get back down there? I don't remember either. I remember that they've got the women preparing. They're asking Anna to shuck corn, and they're asking Cody to smash the berries. Right, which is important, right? Which is very important. She's smashing the berries, and there's kind of a close-up on those, those, you know, Jerusalem berries we saw earlier, so we knew something was brewing here. And then there must be a noise or something upstairs. I can't remember because at some point, at some point, Patience goes upstairs and goes looking for Tatum. Yeah, but at some point here, Cody somehow, 
I guess because her hands are free because they've got her working. Oh yes, she she grabs an ice pick and stabs Patience in the head. Oh yeah, threw her hand into her head. Yeah, and Anna like throws flour on the fire, which causes a distraction, and they both run. And Cody's looking for Tate, but they they immediately capture Anna again. But then. Patience just pulls the pick out of her head and she's fine. And we're not saying like they tapped her on the head with it. Like it was stabbed a good four or five inches into her head and she pulls it out and she's fine for a while. And she never dies of that. Like what? That's so again, I was like, what at this point I'm like, Oh, well, are they ghosts? Like, are they, (laughs) are they supernatural? Yeah. And in the end, I really still don't know. No. Because that makes no sense. It makes no sense that she could just be fine. No, absolutely not. I thought it was like a comedic thing. I, at first, when, you know, after she pulls it off and says, I'm fine, I'm thinking, oh, hardy, har, har, like this woman's practically lobotomized anyway. She, that's her personality. So, right, right. You know, gets an ice pick to the brain. It, it hardly makes a difference. That's so funny. That's what Alan said, too. He's like, that's how they do <laughs> lobotomies. <laughs> 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 they end up getting them back. I mean, they, they capture everybody and they get everybody back and they get them back to the table and then they serve up on a silver platter, you know, the entree and they pull off the bell jar, you know, on top of it and it's their dad's head. <laughs> for dinner. And it's goofy. It, I mean, you saw it coming a mile away, right? Yeah. But also because he's like, your father will will provide for you this morning, this, this evening. And it's so cute, too, because you can kind of tell that it's just his head stuck up through the table with yeah, the lettuce yeah. around it. I mean... <laughs> In the credits, they, they show like outtakes and you see him goofing around <laughs> it's pretty funny but it's it's supremely disturbing you know it, is. it really is well and, and they're force feeding them like they're trying to stick meat in their mouths and stuff it is silly cinematography and it's hilarious music it's like elementary school celebratory thanksgiving music oh yeah that, it's playing it's like in the background kind of gospely sort of like uh, almost like a hymn right it comes in and out quite a few times and i was a little surprised you know that that dichotomy was interesting i remember in krampus getting some of that too where you have your cheery mm-hmm. christmas hymns mm-hmm. when really dark things are happening and that's always a little disturbing but yeah it was a really nice choice of music i thought well and and all that's going on and then all of a sudden all of the pilgrims start choking and vomiting blood and we see that Cody had put the poison berries into the sauce. And she looks at Ethan and says, I hope you appreciate them. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but, but then they're going on and like they're all projectile vomiting. And it's so funny because we all know how this effect works. Like they're putting their hands up by their face, obviously to hide the hose that is spewing. Ewing blood. It's trauma level vomiting blood. It's here. hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's like hilarious. Fire hoses coming out of their mouths, and it's really funny. It's but it's a ton of blood, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then patience and Ethan are like trying to chase them around, but um, Tate unties Cody. Ethan jumps out the window for some reason. Patience and Anna have a fight, and she uses her dad's head as a weapon. 
It's so crazy. <laughs> Beats her with her dad's head. Yeah, uh, and then she ends up stabbing her in the throat. And Anna brands Ethan, um, mm. which is satisfying. And then I don't remember. I think it's Cody, but it could have been the mom. Somebody says, why did you? No, it is Cody. She says, why did you do this? And Ethan says, isn't this what you wished for? Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. And then he dies and the camera shows that he has the wishbone in his hand. Right. So just, so just like Krampus, it's like she summoned this. Yeah. Unwittingly. And I don't know. Maybe they learned a lesson. <laughs> and then there are really funny credits with outtakes and really funny stills from outtakes. Um, it's funny. And I ultimately, when it was over, I just thought it was a fun ride. It was fun mm. and interesting. It wasn't amazing. It, it's not going to win any awards, but it was entertaining. And, yeah. you know, we've looked and we've, to be fair, we have found a couple of Thanksgiving movies that we've enjoyed talking about. Not oh, that yeah. they were good movies, but what was Blood Feast? Was that oh, one of them? Blood Rage, still Blood one of Rage. my favorite. One of my favorite episodes, actually. I go back and, <laughs> and listen to that a lot. I love that movie. That was a good one. There was another one where it was like a, a bunch of assholes were having like a friendsgiving, like on a ranch, and then there was a serial killer who injected meth into his eyes. Oh, do you yeah. remember that one? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> With Body by Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Those were both fun to talk about, but in terms of quality, this is higher. This is really a more solid movie. Yeah. And I think that it has a wider appeal as a higher quality film. Again, not a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but fun and seasonal, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and, you know, it was just dark enough also to, to really mess with your emotions a bit and to be disturbing. It wasn't just, oh, ha ha, funny, pilgrims come in, kill people Thanksgiving, now you better be thankful. You know, it, it, it was dark and twisted enough that I just, you know, it kind of bothered me afterwards. And then I had to shake it off and go, come on, Todd, it's a stupid movie about Thanksgiving, about right, pilgrims right. coming in from beyond, apparently, or whatever. That little ambiguity at the end I really liked as well. That that really tied it up quite nicely. It was like a nice little cherry on top, I thought. Well, and it's not a bad message. I mean, I think that it's a good message to yeah. remind us, you know, be grateful for what you have, really. That's right. I mean, or we'll come in to murder you and your whole family. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be worse. Pilgrims could come murder your family. So be grateful for what you have. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I am grateful for the things I have. I'm grateful to have roof over my head and a job that provides for me and um, uh, somebody to share my life with who I love and, and dogs who I love. And Great friends like you who uh, I can always turn to in times of need and, you know, even simple little things like this podcast that, uh, you know, it really does bring me joy to talk to you every week and also to hear from other people around the world who listen to what we do and enjoy it. It blows my mind mm. um, and, and I am 
grateful for all of you listeners. Thanks for for supporting us. Uh, I never in my wildest dreams thought that we would still be doing this years and years into it. Never thought we would. But here we are. As much as Todd and I just enjoy doing this for ourselves, and I can only speak for myself, I don't think we would still be doing it if it weren't for those of you who reach out to us and talk to us. Uh, it, it's it's cool. It is cool. Thank you. Thank you. Craig, you took all the words out of my mouth. Uh, I feel like an <laughs> anticlimactic ending to this thing is in order. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. Craig, I'm thankful for you as well. Thankful for the opportunity to do this and also thankful for all the great things I have, especially at this time when you know we have a lot to examine. We have a lot of trouble uh, and worry going on around the world. At least many of us still have things that we can hold on to that we're thankful for despite the the trials and tribulations we're going through now so yep. uh, sometimes it takes a horror movie to remind you of that yep <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed it please in the spirit of the holidays share it with a friend <laughs> 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 reach out to us as Craig said because we're so thankful for your comments uh, you can find us on Facebook you can just google us and you'll find our website twoguys.red40net.com where you can leave us a comment leave us a request and uh, we've got Christmas coming up really soon so we're right. getting ready to prepare a nice batch of Christmas horror movies for you as we always do so if you have some good ideas some things that we haven't done yet please send those along to us and we'll put them on the list until next time I'm Todd and I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Ah.